Hello there and welcome back to the Plant-Based Performers podcast. If you are new here, my name is Amelia Rose and I'm a singer. I am Lee Petcher and I am an actor. And we also have a hamster called Oreo. So if you hear any funny noises, it's either Lee's butt or Oreo just kicking around. (laughs) How are you, Emma? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. But I think I will let you know a little bit later on as to why I'm so good. Okay. I think first things first, I think the what we need to do is thank everybody. So as you'll have probably seen on our Instagram, Twitter, we put out a bit of a call for help recently. Help! <laughs> we set up a YouTube channel. Um, if you didn't know already, we do have a YouTube channel. And we asked for people to go and subscribe. We really wanted to get to 100 subscribers so that we could have a custom URL. Like that was genuinely the reason we just thought we'd be honest with everybody. And we smashed that in a day. In a day. So if you've subscribed, all we can say is thank you so much. Honestly, I was not expecting such a response from people like that. It was brilliant. I have multiple YouTube channels and <laughs> none of them have even nearly 100 subscribers. So. Same. <laughs> yeah, like, thank you so much for the support. We're going to be putting some really cool stuff on there. We're working on some stuff right now. It's in the pipeline. <laughs> and if you haven't already, please go over there. We don't have have the custom URL at the moment. The next criteria is that the YouTube channel has to have been live for 30 days. We're coming up to that. So once we hit that 30 day mark, we will get a, a custom URL. But please just search us on YouTube, uh, the Plant-Based Performance Podcast, and watch our first video if you haven't done already. And let us know what you think. Yeah, of course. We, last time, um, we released it as a podcast as well. We talked about Seaspiracy. Um, so if you've not watched Seaspiracy yet, please go and watch it. And if you have, please, let's talk about it. Let's let's start that conversation. Let's carry on that conversation. Anyway, what's been going on with the industry since we all last spoke? So things in Britain are lifting a bit now. Um, Obviously, maybe different where you're listening. I believe Australia, there's some stuff going on. Um, Broadway, I have no idea what date they're planning to open. But in the West End and on tour around the country, things are starting to get set dates locked in. That's exciting. So Wicked's back in September. It's on sale now. Um, Six is going back on tour. They've announced the cast. Uh, What else? Phantom's coming back in July because Phantom was taken away for a while and it was Mm. said it wasn't going to be reopening, but they are reopening it. There is a little bit of a thing about Phantom though because now that they're reopening it, they've changed, I think, a few bits of it, possibly a few bits of the staging and and all that. Kind of like what they did with Limits. Yeah, yeah, kind of. But what they've also changed is that they have scaled down the orchestra massively. Man. So it's gone from 27 musicians yeah. down to 14. My first thought is, can you get the same sound out of 14 musicians as you can out of 27? I don't know. That's not for me to make a decision, I guess. But I think the worst part has been Cameron McIntosh has been a bit 
arsey about it because mm. people have been a little upset. Um, Quite understandably as well. Yeah, especially after all this time when we've everyone's been out of work and all those musicians have been out of work. They're taking away half of those jobs. And he basically was like, I'm sorry that you're upset but didn't really feel like he was sorry. I know a few years ago, the same thing happened to Warhorse. Oh, really? They had a full orchestra. And then I think they went down to, I may be misquoting the numbers here, but down to like five or something. Yeah, when I seen Warhorse, there was hardly any musicians. And it was a full orchestra at one point, or mm. a full full band at least. And Crazy. But the thing with Warhorse which I think is going to happen again now with Phantom, is the Musicians' Union is a lot stronger than the Actors' Union and they got some really good payouts in the end mm. or something re- you know happened for them. So hopefully the same thing can happen to musicians this time as well. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. But just we're on your side, musicians, just so you know. No, we're all performers. <laughs> I mean, this is why it's called the Plant-Based Performers Podcast, not the Plant-Based Actors podcaster or anything in particular one other thing um just to mention about phantom is that the casting's just been announced and they have just cast the first ever black christine oh nice yeah that's and also possibly i think if i've read it right the first ever person of color playing meg as well fantastic so that's pretty awesome yeah i I think that's brilliant going forward and, you know, there needs to be more colorblindness in castings and things. I always wonder, though, about period pieces like that because people of color wouldn't be in those kind of situations. Yeah. But it's not a historical retelling. No. It's uh, a fictional story. So, yeah, why can't people of color play those kind of roles? Exactly. No, it's absolutely fantastic. I'm seeing a lot of castings come through on Spotlight for, for musicals. I saw Rent come through today and things like that. So mm. it's good to see that the industry is up and kicking again. And on that, I've got my first ever self-tape for the year. Yay! So I am well chuffed. I've spent all day today doing a bit of uh, character breakdown, giving him a backstory, learning the lines, doing a bit of research into the show and things like that. By the time this goes live, it's the deadline for the self-tip. So hopefully on the next one, I can tell you whether I've been cast or not in my first TV credit. Well, yeah, exactly. Let's keep our fingers crossed for Lee and break a leg with your self-tip. Thank you so much. So who do we have on this time, Emma? Uh, so this week we've got my lovely friend Kaylee Ferguson. Um, just a small... Disclaimer, she's quite Scottish. <laughs> so if you are listening and you're struggling to understand the accent, just you'll tune in eventually. See, I'm not going to lie. When we did this interview, I had no problem understanding her. But when it came to editing it, I had to go, Emma, can you take over on this one, please? <laughs> <laughs> Kayleigh was born in Scotland. She went to the University of Cumbria, gaining her degree in musical theatre and drama. Over the years, Kayleigh has performed in various short films, including Kevin Smith's biopic, Shooting Clerks, adverts, including recently Beko homemade ads, theatre pieces, um, including Belle in a UK tour for a TIE company where she met me, 
and modeling jobs for various freelance photographers, wedding magazines and international hair shows. Kaylee is also today a member of the NYFA, which is the National Youth Film Academy, and is looking forward to when the pandemic is over for the health of the arts industry. Hi, Kaylee. Thank you for joining us on the Plant Based Performers podcast. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you too? I'm good. Good, thank you so much. We've been having a lot of conversations (laughs) with people and they're saying that they're finding the third lockdown quite more difficult than than the first two. How are you finding it? Well, I have to say, I think there has been a bit of a difference with the third one. Probably because I think when we initially went into the lockdown, we didn't think that it was going to be as long. Mm. And it's just kind of progressed and now everyone's still a bit unsure about what's happening. But it has been a lot tougher. But I think it's it's with the weather as well. I don't know how about you guys, but I think when it was the summertime, at least when we were all stuck in the house, you could go for a walk and it was yes. nice weather. To, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of brightened your mood a little bit. But I think with the, the weather... I think we're more stuck in the house than what we would have been before. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's been a bit draining. And, and the rain and it's yeah. cold and yeah. When the sun's out, you're automatically in a good mood. When it starts raining, you tend to be in a, a grey and miserable mood anyway. Yeah, exactly. And I think as well, I think a lot of people thought that going into 2021, this was all going to be sorted by now. Yeah. And because it's not, it was kind of a bit of a start to you, but you were kind of bringing that 2020 back into it again. Yes. So it has been a bit difficult, but, you know, we've just got to keep pushing forward and everyone's in the same boat. So exactly. just got to be positive. How many posts did you see last year on Facebook and stuff like, can't wait for 2021? It's like, what did you think? Yeah, at, midnight, exactly. <laughs> at midnight on 2020, that's it. It all sorts itself out. It's not like that. I know. I know. But everyone thought that when they started doing the restrictions, didn't they? And they were saying, oh, you can't go into a pub and, like after 10 o'clock. So, like, you know, COVID just it comes out at 10. You're probably <laughs> yeah. thinking it was going <laughs> to yeah, stop at 2021. 9.59. This is fine. Do you know what? Yeah, this is absolutely right. brilliant. We, we was reading something about this today. Apparently, pubs and restaurants are opening up again soon or going to be opening up, but without serving alcohol. It's like, how does COVID know? I thought that too. I think it's, you know, it's, it's such a shame, I think, for businesses, particularly in the food industry and pubs, because they've been struggling so much this year. And I think mm. um, for anyone who's been in that industry, I really feel sorry for them. So you've got to try and invest in those small businesses so much yeah. at the moment. But, you know, I take my hat off to anybody who's tried to invent themselves in a new way, like doing like deliveries or, you yeah. know. It's been so tough for so many industries. And obviously we've focused a lot on on the performing and TV and everything, but it has been so hard for so many people. So yeah, oh, the, the arts has been horrendous. I mean, the I don't know how some peers are going to recover after this, to be honest, because they've been out of work and had companies not investing in them or people for so long. They've had to rely on a lot of charities, haven't they? Yeah. So theatres, it's really concerning. And then even when we do go back and they start opening up with all this socially distancing, I just don't know how what's going to happen with theatre moving no. forward. Is it going to be the same? It's going to be so different. So we'll see what happens, but it is really concerning. Um, yeah, especially with like people like us who are really passionate about it mm-hmm. um, so we'll see what happens if there are any theatre practitioners out there or anybody who owns a theatre and would like to come on the podcast and have this conversation with us we're more than happy to figure out what's going on and how we can get people to help and, and support the theatre yeah 100% so if anyone is listening please reach out and we'd love to have you on but we do have our wonderful Kaylee Ferguson today um, Kaylee <laughs> Please start us off by telling us, like, what is your vegan or plant-based journey? How did you get into it? I actually started being plant-based in 2018. So I've only been plant-based actually from the new year of 2018 as well. Because that was like a decision that I decided to do right before the new year. And I initially started because my sister went 
traveling and she went around Australia and I think they at that time it was when veganism and like being a vegetarian was kind of coming into play it was kind of becoming a trend then I think and like mm-hmm. it massively exploded and then so it was really popular over there and you know when I was getting in contact with her and I was like well, how are you getting on with your travels and how's Australia and she's like yeah it's great I've, I've decided I'm going to be a vegan and I was like what why the hell would you want to do that and she was like oh it's just it's so much better for you like there's a lot of like support for it over here there was a lot of vegan options and restaurants and stuff and she was like I just kind of fell into it now I really enjoy it and I feel so much better and then she started sending me all these links to documentaries like Cowspiracy and stuff and she was like yeah. you need to watch this and then you will see how I feel and I was like, okay. So I was like being open-minded, and I was like, I just thought she was going through a bit of a phase. So I was like, you know, <laughs> finding herself in that. So I was like, yeah, I'll go, okay, I'll give it a go. So then I started watching stuff, and I read it into it, and then you know, I've always kind of had a bit of a thing though about animal cruelty and mm. kind of stuff like that's kind of naturally bothered me, but I've never really thought about it because I was brought up in a household with like <laughs> my dad's side of the family is German, then my mum's side Italian, so you know, a lot of meat-based yes. products <laughs> we had, and so you just never really thought about it because if you're not exposed to it, it's not really something you think about when you're growing up it's just you just kind of go with the flow of the household so when I started watching all these documentaries that my sister sent me um, I just thought some of the footage was just awful mm. and it really got me thinking about things like what was actually in my food I was eating and then you kind of think where's this all coming from and then researching the stuff and I was like you know I don't think this is really that good for me considering that I think if meat came from like a naturally sourced place where like cow just naturally died or something and in a field and that you like, oh, well, it wouldn't be as bad but then you sort of think I don't actually know what's in this meat like the product and things that are getting pumped into that before you even get it and I was yeah. just like why do I want to put that in my body it's not good for me so I just on that new year stopped and it was so funny because I was going to uh we went to go to a steak restaurant at, on the bells oh. for that new year <laughs> with about 12 um, other people who were all eating steak and I had a risotto and I was like if I can get past this then I can do it for the <laughs> keep 100%. going on with it so that was that and I never That's looked back and I really enjoyed it because as well you're having a drink and stuff at, at New Year and I was like you know what I'm gonna do this I could I could do this I've been so disciplined and and then like then for the whole of that January and um, I just kept at it and then you know when you go on a few nights out after that and it's like gets to that point where everyone's going to chippy and stuff and I was like no I could I'm doing this like, I'm, I'm still doing it I'm still really enjoying it and then I just felt a lot healthier and I just felt like a more morally correct person I don't know I know I'm not saying that people who eat meat aren't because that's their complete choice but I just felt better about myself yeah. and then I've just kept at it so that was that that's how I started so I'm is your sister it. still plant-based then or did she she actually she kind of differs in between but it's purely because she started going like she's engaged now actually to a guy who's Chinese so they have a completely different sort of like culture-based diet there and she kind of integrates in between but she's still quite purely plant-based in the sense because she's like allergic to some dairy products so she doesn't eat dairy Mm -hmm. um and she'll only have meat very occasionally Mm -hmm. if it's at his family's house or something so she is still doing it quite a lot and even my other sister she's over the lockdown lost about three stone or something incredible because yeah. she was off on a maternity leave and then she started getting kind of into bodybuilding and like completely changed her life around and kind of took this lockdown as a period to change and even now she she still eats like some meat products but she's kind of more invested now into the protein products that are like vegan based because right. she's kind of even open to it now and I think because I don't know how it's like for you guys when you kind of told your parents that you kind of decided to do this. I think even my own parents now are open to not eating as much meat now because right. like if I go home, they have to cook stuff that's not meat-based. So then they've kind of done it too. So my mum doesn't really eat red meat anymore. So she's cut that out. So it's just like a, been like a gradual change for 
all of us. Yeah, but that's great. That's how it's kind of progressed. A family-wide yeah. thing. My parents are, they're very conscious of it now. My dad, I don't think they'll ever be vegan and that's completely fine, but he is obsessed with telling me about all the vegan products that he finds. <laughs> He's like, oh, I was in Tesco, right? And I saw this and this and this, and he'll tell me all about it. And every time my mom talks to me about food, she'll go, oh, we're having this tonight. She'll go, oh, oh you'll not like it, but it, it's it's lamb. And I'm like, mom, it's okay. <laughs> you don't have to apologize. <laughs> it's it's oh, the lamb you're hurting. I hate, that. <laughs> I hate that. That was one of the most awkward things, I think, is when you start doing it and then you're going to like people's houses or things and then they start cooking dishes and they're like, I feel like they have to apologize to you. Like, it's like, it's like, it's my choice. Like, I don't, I, like, I don't like that whole thing. I think when I was being like vegetarian, vegan over like the 2018, 19 period, it was coming a lot more popular. And I think there were some people who really made it like, uh, I don't know how you guys felt, but there's people who are really pushing out the boundaries, like being like a bit aggressive about it, like destroying farmers' lands and stuff. And it kind of got a really bad frontal image. And I was like, yeah. that's not like great. And like, I don't know why people are doing this because it's kind of sending the wrong thing about what we're trying to do. You are vegan and vegetarian. And I think it ruined it for a lot of people, sadly. But so I don't like this whole thing where people kind of have to, like they have to apologize to you you're like really strongly opinionated about it it's fine it's like a choice and everyone can kind of have their own choice here's the thing like, don't apologize to me apologize to the animal <laughs> i know <laughs> yeah yeah it doesn't affect me it affects the poor thing that you've killed and eaten <laughs> that's what i think i'm like you can if you want to eat meat then that's fine but just think about like if you're fine with that then that's your choice but you know i mean yeah exactly. yeah, so, <laughs> so, so obviously i met you on tour um and we were doing like a theater and education tour together how did you get into the industry i initially started going to acting classes when i was about five purely because my mum befriended a woman like because she was in like the mum the mum squad at school um, and her she was a teacher and her daughter had started going to acting classes in a town like kind of next to me and I was pally with this girl who was a bit more headstrong than I was I was like such a pushover when I was younger so I was just like a little like psychic pal just doing everything she said and then she was like oh I'm going to these acting classes on the Saturday so I think you should go as well and I was like all right sweet fair sounds good so then I told my mum and dad and they were like my mum and dad weren't in like a theatre background um, but when my dad was younger he did like a lot of music stuff so he was in a band and things so they were quite open to the idea of the arts anyway so when I said to them I'm quite fancy going to this and they were like oh that's actually like a good idea you're like not even if you, she doesn't really like it she'll get into like more of a social circle with other people that she might be going to high school with and it'll be quite like a good development kind of idea to do mm. an acting class and then when I went I just absolutely loved it I thought it was like the best thing I've ever done I was so happy like so such a freeing experience and then in the end my pal actually started not going anymore and then I just kept doing it for years and then like, my mum my and dad saw how much I liked the drama classes and then they were sort of thinking you know maybe we can get her into some of the other industries too like dance and singing and musical theatre and see if she likes that and it just kind of built up from that and then all my sisters started going as well so we just used to go to like youth theatre groups like nearly every day of the week I wasn't one of those kids at school that went out drinking or that in the park or anything after or on weekends like I was like brought up in a household where it was like if you want to do well you're gonna have to be like quite disciplined with yourself and so I went to like drama classes and acting classes every day of the week and I didn't really go and see friends after school or anything so they always used to say to me like why do you never come to like house parties like why you never like at anyone's birthday parties and stuff and I was like well it's just because it's like it's not that I don't want to come it's just because I'm prioritizing doing this because this is what I want to do so I just 
did stuff nearly every night of the week. Like my parents have been really great actually and invested a lot of time and money into that. For all of us when we were younger, going to piano lessons and to the different types of dance lessons, acting, because they never really had a lot of money. They didn't come from like a rich background. So everything they just gave into us completely. And that's how I sort of got into it. And then when I started going up through the school, like that's obviously when I got ill, when I was about 14. And I sort of thought, I don't know if I can do this industry anymore because... I don't know if I'm going to be well enough to do it because I might have periods of illness all the time. Mm. So I had to really think about that. But then I just thought, you know, I, I want to do this. I'll just make it work. So after that period of time when I was ill, I just sort of thought I really need to be conscious about my health and what I'm doing to try and make sure that I can manage this. Because it is like a really demanding industry mm. where you are like quite physically active and you know emotionally as well. So you've got to be like really well and fit as much as possible. So then I got to like my kind of later years at school and my parents sort of said to me, you know, you've done quite well academically as well. So this is going to be quite a big decision to make. Do you want to continue with the arts and go to like a university and do a degree? Or do you want to do, because I was sort of thinking in the background as well, I was like, maybe I was just, I could just go and do something like dentistry or something. Because I was like, I had the grades for it and I was like I could maybe do that and then that's kind of I'm going to have money and it's going to be more secure but then I just had a gut feeling and you had to go to your guidance counselor at that time to decide what you were going to do and I just thought oh no I just don't want to do that it's just my heart's not in it so I just went and just picked the, the acting and I was like I'm going to go and do acting at uni and so I told my guidance teacher then I went home and I told my mum and dad oh, I've just decided that's what I'm going to do my mum and dad were like tough because they wanted me to do it anyway they were just making sure I was making an indefinite yeah, decision yeah, yeah. Um, because there was actually a few years before that where I thought I was actually really wanting to go and be a ballet dancer. And my ballet teacher at the time thought I could do it. But that, at that time, my mum and dad sort of thought, well, she's doing really well academically. And we'd rather you stayed in at school to kind of think about it more because it's quite a big decision to make for someone who's 12, 13. And then obviously as well, my mum and dad didn't think they had the finances to try and get me into like a dance academy or anything. So I just kind of left that idea. So at that time, it was more of an informed adult decision. I was like, like ah, I want to do it because you've got to do it for yourself. Yeah. Um, you can't just do it for your parents or anything because they're trying to keep them happy. So then <clears throat> I started doing additions for drama schools, acting schools. But then I know I, I liked the idea of going to drama school and stuff, but it was just, some of the people I just was like, Oh, I think I'd rather go to a university and it's like some of them are just horrendous. And I was like going to auditions and it was like talking and I like waiting in a queue to do a monologue and there was people like, Oh my my uncle is um so and so so I'm going to get in and I I um, completely pay the fees because my mum owns this like massive industry and she's friends with Oprah, blah blah and I was like, like yeah, I'm not really wanting to go and study a course with someone like that for three years. So I'm gonna be absolutely bored at my nut with a really bad crack to be honest so I was like <laughs> so I did get into like a conditional for some a couple of places and I was like nah sorry I'm going to go to university and as well I decided that I ended up going to the University of Cumbria which was on, like on the borders like it's quite near UAM isn't it yeah, from, yeah. Uh, and, and I thought if anything really bad happened to me as well if I ever came became ill I thought well at least my mum and dad's only a couple hours drive away like if I ended up going somewhere in London it'd be a bit yeah. difficult mm -hmm. so that was good and I was really young when I went to uni too because in Scotland you can go when you're um, 17 yeah so I was the, I was the youngest person in my year group to get going to university everyone else was way older than me all my friends were like a few years older too so it was kind of like a safer option too to be like moving away from home for the first time so then I did my degree and then I just kind of started picking up like odd jobs and things when I could but I was waitressing a lot on the side working in retail like just kind of get anything I could every um, and that's job. kind of started yes every actor job but you know it's good to be in customer facing jobs and you know you're actually working with real people so for like acting things, it's good to expose you to that kind of side of things too for when you're playing characters and stuff. But, you know, it just keeps you humble and, you know, like working in waiters, waitressing or doing like retail. I 
actually quite enjoyed it. I actually I had a really nice boss when I was doing waitressing and they were always quite flexible with me if I had additions and stuff, so it was never really a problem. That's good. Yeah. That's so, what you want, isn't it? Yeah, so can't complain. So that's anyway, that's how I started. <laughs> to wow. answer that question digress massively <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, you, you've said uh, some really great things there two things that I kind of mm-hmm. I'd, I'd like to just expand on if that's all right mm-hmm. the first one is about drama school and being in that like audition bubble and you meet the same I don't know about you when I did the drama school circuit I met the same people at the same auditions time and time again you do definitely meet that kind of person who they seem like they're better than everyone they're else. And a bit it's, pompous. Yeah, a bit pompous. And you do get that divide, don't you, of like the Eton kind of actors and the, the working class actors. And I always thought exactly. that there was that like a barrier there that I could never break through because I came from such a working class background. I would never be in that kind of yeah, world. How, did, how exactly. did you feel about that? I think when I was younger, I really cared about that, actually, because I think when you're younger, you're not really in the industry yet. And you think, if I want to get in it, then I need to kind of be like that. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So when you're, like, when you're younger and you start going to auditions, actually now, actually, I do go to auditions. I've not been for a while, obviously, with the lockdown. <laughs> but you can tell who's just kind of got into the industry from the way they behaved in yeah. the audition rooms. Whereas I think, you know, drama school is not something that essentially you don't need to go to be an actor and I think when I was younger I thought I need to go to a drama school to make it or I'm not going to make it and I don't mm. think that's true at all there's actually a lot of people who I know who've worked really hard and picked up small jobs and it's just like coming to the right opportunity at the right time for them that's worked really well and some of those to be honest I actually think are the better quality actors because they've really had to work at it yes. they've not just got a hand to them on a plate and they're nicer people to work with as well that's what I think I think working class this is very generalizing but I feel like working class people maybe have a bit more life experience than someone who's just had exactly you know a a very cushy life where things maybe have just been handed to them a little bit now you know I don't mean to sound offensive but I think that might be you know it might make you a slightly better actor in some cases that's what I think some of the people who I've worked with who I think have been like absolutely outstanding performers um, who I've actually had the privilege to work with. Some of them have come from absolutely nothing and had like so many bad things happen to them. But because of that, I think that's what's made them better and been able to play such diverse parts because they can bring that experience into their acting roles. It's not your fault where you come from. It's not, With your privilege, you don't know any better. But, you know, there is that barrier there. And I think when I was younger... I did, did used to bother me a little bit, but now I don't really care. I think yeah. you just actually, you just should just really be yourself and things will come to you at the right time for yeah. acting and things. So, yeah, just be no, yourself. I think you're so right. You don't need to go to drama school. I think every actor needs training and that training yeah. can be whatever it is. Acting classes, acting for screen classes if you want to do TV or film. Rep theatre, I think, is a really good, solid base of training. National Youth Theatre, any kind of community theatre or anything like that. As long as you're getting the training in, you don't have to go to drama school. Because I know some no, people who went to drama school and have come out robots. Every actor. Exactly. Like, you can tell. Have they just oh, get taught the one? same thing. Recently, Sean Connery's died and I love him to bits but I, I was watching his documentary because there was something released on the telly after he died and he never went to drama school he actually didn't even want to do acting he just went down to London I think he was doing a degree in something else completely and then he just kind of fell into it because he made a decision or started going to some acting classes after and then fell into it because he, he just suited parts really well and was just naturally good at it you know what I mean he didn't and, and he look at him now <laughs> a legend yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> so definitely not needed um, at all drama school I think 
I'm picking up on what you said as well, Anna. I, I do think that working class actors do make better actors because of the life experiences that they've had. I think where working class actors fall down short is they don't have the network. They don't know the people mm. that can get them that opportunity. Whereas yeah. people coming from privilege may have those connections already. Yeah, I agree. I mean, how many times That's do you right. see people whose parents are actors and they get into the industry and it just seems to fall so easy for them because yeah. they've already got that that, that network there. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that is that is probably the only downfall. So it's that's the hard thing, like trying to get yourself in the right place at the right time. But I think if, if you just make sure you're really conscious of that and you're like what you're saying, like going to some classes or events, you, you, you can get there. It's just going to be a bit of a longer stretch to get that exposure. But you've got to take the opportunity at the time. So if you do see anybody like last year, I did a course for the National Youth Film Academy, which did give you that exposure because they do have a lot of connections there. So it was a really good experience. But when you were getting to meet these people, you just had to take the opportunity because there was a few hundred of us there um, doing the course. So when they were getting these guests in to come and talk to you, you just had to get as much information about them as possible, like go and introduce yourself. And I think if you do have the balls, per se, to do that, then you're fine. But if you don't go out and grab it, then now you'll miss opportunities mm-hmm. uh, yeah. if you're working class. No, 100%. 100%. The other thing you mentioned, and if you don't feel comfortable talking about this, please, you know, you don't have to. You said that you felt ill quite early on uh-huh yeah what was that and how how did you manage that and has veganism helped with that in any any way shape or form yeah potentially so what happened was we still don't really know what caused it it might be like a genetic thing but i have a condition it's autoimmune deficiency and it's called lupus so some people maybe listen to this might know what that is but it's quite uncommon there's not a lot of people who've got it basically i got it when i was 14 and before that i have never been ill ever i mean to be honest i have a working class mum who told me i was going to school in rain hail or sunshine so we were never (laughs) off school anyway but i was never really ill at all either and the week of my 14th birthday actually it was on the monday because i really distinctively remember actually i was sitting in my science class at school and i just felt really ill like i couldn't describe it i just felt like i was coming down with something but i just felt like really tired and I just felt like I was going to pass out and I was like something's yeah. not right so then I went home I think it was a grandparent that picked me up and I went home that day and I just didn't feel right um, I was tired I was lying on the couch and my mum's like oh she must have a bug I was just clearing a couple of days or something so my mum like signed me off school for the next couple of days and I think it got to like the Wednesday of that week and I was really shivery but like jerking and like my body was like out of control like jerking and shivering and I like lost the ability to use my left side of my body like I couldn't use my arm or anything it was really oh, weird gosh. and my mum was like that is really odd and so they thought maybe it was like a really bad viral infection that's affected like my nervous system or something so they went like, went to the doctors that week on the Thursday and they didn't know what was wrong with me they just were like oh, maybe she just got like a viral infection but it's like really badly affected they're like take her off school for the next week but on that Friday it was my birthday um, and my mum and dad have got me tickets to go to Mary Poppins at the Edmund Playhouse and I don't really remember this to be honest but my mum described it like it was like I don't want it to be offensive to anybody listening to this call either but my mum described it like it was taking out somebody who had a disability so I was like I wasn't there and like mm. when I was sitting in my seat I was like rocking in my seat and I was just like really lady and then my body was still like jerking around like I just felt really out of control of like my body and stuff got to the next week and I just wasn't any better really bad couldn't get up or anything and I just was like I, my speech didn't work so like I couldn't talk or stuff like it's like my whole body was like shutting down and then my mum was like we're gonna have to take her into the hospital again but we went to a different doctor than the one I'd had before and I still have him today actually his name's Dr. Bandelaratney and he like looked at me and he was like she needs to go to hospital I don't know what's wrong with her at all but something is not right like she's just like out of her body and stuff so yeah. went to the hospital that week and I was in hospital for about four days but like really weird like apparently I was really 
rude like my behavior changed as well so they thought there was something going on with my brain so there was like when there was like the changeover between the night and day shift I remember because I was I was only young so what had happened was I think when you're 14 you're supposed to actually go into an adult ward but I hadn't been in hospital before my dad was really cautious about that and he was like oh I'd rather she was in the pediatric ward to be honest because she doesn't let us have quite a long stunt and she's not right and then so they managed to push me in because my dad's quite pushy like that so (laughs) I was in the pediatric ward and then um, I remember when it switched between the day and the night shift staff I remember getting really angsty and really rude with this nurse being like why are you here da, 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 like awful like I don't even know why I was like that I was so weird and then they were like something's not right with her at all so I was getting loads of checks done I got like an MRI scan because I think I think at one point they were maybe thinking she's got like a tumor on the brain or something because she's like uh-huh. is that maybe why it's affecting her whole body so then that was clear then I was getting loads of blood checks and they didn't know what was wrong and then at the end of the week there was somebody at my dad's work I think who has lupus which was kind of weird and she said I think that's what she's got because she's got like the, the butterfly rash like if anyone's listening knows the general diagnosis what is the butterfly it's, rash sorry so it's like um, on my face I did have it but they didn't really pick up because they thought it was an infection so it was like coming out of my skin Right. So I had like a rash like right across my face, like in the shape of a butterfly and down my cheeks. And it was quite okay. distinctive. But it was like really lumpy. So it looked like it would have been itchy, but it wasn't. So I did have that. So I think from having that and from other diagnosis, it is really hard to diagnose lupus because it affects people so differently. And you can have like an internal lupus, but then you can also have like the skin, like an external lupus. That one's not actually as bad for you. The one I've got is the worst one. So at the end of the week, I got this doctor to come and she was like, we're not really 100% sure, but we think that's what it is. And then my mum and dad were like, quite distraught really because they were sort of thinking oh that's like probably the worst it's not the worst outcome because she's not got like cancer or anything but it's like that's going to really affect her and then the doctor did say oh this is this is going to affect you for your whole life so you're always going to have to take medication and you're always going to have to be a bit careful of stuff like wow. I'm actually allergic to like UV light and things so I can't if I go on holiday I've got to wear factor 50 and then even now I've still got to wear like sun cream in my foundation and things to try and protect me because that can like there's like lots of triggers for it or like stress right. or anything so I had that flare up then and then for like the next few months I was like on steroid medication kind of somewhere medication actually to what you would take if you had malaria or something so it was really bad so I was like put on loads of weight if anyone's had to take steroid medication it's horrendous so yeah. I mean at that time anyway when you're younger you're quite body conscious and I remember yeah. I was off school for this was when I would have been doing my standard grade I was off school for about eight months and then I went back in but I was constantly trying to keep up with work studying at home while getting better my dad's kind of was luckily in a managerial position at the time working for the co-op so he did try and take some flexi time and then I had grandparents coming around to sit with me during the day and my dog which was good it was hard but I don't really remember it that much to be honest because I think when you have something like that happen to it kind of block it out don't you yeah. so and I think back then I'm a bit there's kind of gaps in the puzzle so I put on a lot of weight particularly in my face from taking the steroids medication um, and I was out of any art form like dance and stuff for that whole year and even getting back into it my parents were so cautious because they were like we don't want to like exhaust you because mm, yeah. you're not used to this routine that you were doing like six days a week of doing arts based classes so we're gonna have to take this really slowly to get you integrated back in and then I did like gradually gradually and I think that's why when I was at school I did kind of have to think about taking the arts for university a little bit too because I didn't want to dedicate myself to it and then not be able to do it yeah but I did because I was fine and actually to be honest I've been on medication for years but I've never had a flare-up again since ever and you're meant to as well because remember when I first got diagnosed she was like you might have a flare-up like every couple of years or something Um, and I go and get my blood taken really regularly and go to the doctors and stuff and my doctor I've had her since I was first diagnosed and she just thinks I'm a miracle she's like I don't even know it's like maybe you've grown out of her or something because you've never had a flare-up or anything and you're 
really fit and energetic and always like looking after yourself. And she's asked me a couple of times to go to talks and things to talk to other people who've been diagnosed to kind of try and make them a bit more positive. Because I think yeah. if you let something like that really get to you, then you can kind of go into the slumber yeah. where you're like, I can't do anything like with my life. Like can't go on like long walks or do anything because I'm so tired. Because I do, I would say I don't have any... I'm not affected by it at all, but I do get more tired, I think, than other people. But it's hard to say because I'm kind of keep myself so busy, so it's hard to say. But I just take my medication all the time and just get through it. It doesn't really affect me that much, and I, I just kind of pretend in my own head that I'm just the same as everybody else. It doesn't affect me. Apart from, I notice it obviously when I go to additions and you have to write down, oh, do you have any health issues that we should know about? And I'm like, yeah. But do you have to say that uh, when you go to like if you get an agent or anything like that do you let them know if you go to a casting for tv and films and stuff like that yeah 100 percent. actually it's really annoyed me during this lockdown because i have been to a few online virtual editions and recently i actually got offers like a modeling job and like a short film position and when they found out that i was shielding and had lupus they didn't have the insurance to cover me so i didn't get it and i was mm-hmm. gutted because i was like i'm just getting nowhere with this this year so i think for me i'm gonna have to be until this all blows over I'm not going to be able to really go back into anything like that but it's fair enough like understand they can't really guarantee that nobody's going to walk onto a set with COVID right now so for me I've got to be so careful that's just the way it is but yeah I have to every time I go to an audition or anything I have to tell them and most of them to be honest have no idea what it is so they have to come and ask me <laughs> I'm like it's fine I was going <laughs> like, to say are, are, you, are you happy with people coming up to you and, and asking you about the oh yeah honestly I don't mind and then I quite like as well because I, I think I've been extremely lucky like I say I've never been ill ever again since there was actually one of my ex-boyfriend's mums who's a nurse she actually got in contact with me over Facebook because one of her friend's daughters had got it and she's like oh she's really struggling can you like maybe have a chat with her about it just because you've done so well and it might be mm-hmm. nice for us to chat to somebody so like, I honestly don't mind telling people that I have it I think before I used to try not to tell people because I didn't really want the fuss yeah. but now I'm quite confident I'll just be like oh no that's what it is and if anyone else has got any autoimmune diseases as well it is harder than I suppose if you didn't have it so it's good to tell people that you do to kind of try and say well I'm managing so like you know it's not that bad honestly like it could be so much worse I mean Um, you're such a positive person and having that positive outlook and the fact that in your own head you're going like I'm not going to let it stop me I'm going to live my life anyway that's kind of there's like scientific research into the, the power of mindset and just cracking mm-hmm. on with things oh mindset is so important there's actually some famous people who've got lupus i, I think because when i first got diagnosed i remember thinking when i was going into the arts i was like oh i wonder if any other actors have got it but i just don't know and i'm sure lady gaga's got lupus hmm. and oh. so does and michael jackson has it for a period of time but it was, i think he had the skin one um yeah. and so does i've completely forgotten her name the woman from sister who was in sister act um, yes, she's got it as well. So there's actually more people than what you think. Yeah, fantastic yeah exactly. <laughs> Have you found that going vegan has, has helped or anything? Or well, you've not had any flare-ups or anything anyway. So have you noticed any change? I've had no problems, but I do think my diet and that has helped, to be honest, because I think maybe for like a mental state too, I know what I'm putting in my body is better. So it probably has, because, you know, when you eat vegan and vegetarian foods, it helps with your digestive system. And because you are eating more vegetables, you're getting more minerals and vitamins. So that probably does help. I do know that obviously because I've got to avoid UV sunlight, I'm going to be lacking a lot in vitamin D. So because I'm eating more 
food that's got that in it as well and vitamin C it's going to make me a lot better mm. and so I, I can't say that it's necessarily definitely made a difference but for me I think in general I, I'm, I'm still never ill and I think it's just so much better to be cautious of the amount of veg and things that you are taking and I think that should be the main part of your diet really mm. because all the vitamins and veg that you do eat and process that's in like all your daily healthcare products anyway like if you naturally took well, when you think about it, everything that we have that's a, a medicine comes from plants. plants so yeah. why would you not eat it? Exactly. Put it into your diet, yeah. Exactly. No, you're so inspirational, Kaylee. Like you just, yeah, like we said, you're so positive and inspirational. So if anyone is listening that's maybe, you know, having a similar experience, I hope that they can take something from what you said there. I mean, the tour that you <laughs> two you. were on is the same company that I used to work for as well. Those shows are notorious for being so high in energy. You've got to be, not just the show, it's the getting, the get out, the traveling, but Mm -hmm. the show itself is so energy packed. And with you being, from having lupus and from what I can understand, you you get tired anyway. Like how, how was that? I actually think that is the most tiring jobs I've ever done. Yeah. But I think it's because you're not just doing the performance. You're like you. You don't realise how much energy it takes to set it up, take it down, and time in. And then I was kind of a bit more lucky that I didn't drive, so I didn't have to even have the energy while in the car or anything. But Emma was driving. I don't know how you did that, Emma, and trying <laughs> find where we were going and stuff like that's just an extra sort of uh, headbanger there. But I think that's one of the most tiring jobs I've done. But I loved it so much. But I think on that tour that we were all kind of cautious, really, because we did know that we had to have so much energy and we were really passionate about giving our best performance. Mm. So in the evenings, really, we would have dinner and stuff and stay up a little bit, but we all kind of went to bed early-ish and we kept fresh. And we had like fun on the weekends. And then that's like fine when you have your downtime. But yeah, yeah, that was was tiring. But I loved it. I think in your head, though, you know it's going to end, though, the tour. So like all you can kind of think is, well, I need to keep in my best form for this length of time. And then after... Like I can have a couple for break. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's nothing better than getting to the point of the tour. I don't know if you guys did this, but I always did on my tours. And you get to the gaffer countdown on the back of the set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get to... (laughs) We did it. Nearly there. Last one. (laughs) I can honestly say though, from from touring with Kaylee, like you... Like if I didn't know that you'd had lupus, I would never have known like that you were struggling with tiredness or anything. You never ever sort of... You were always happy to sort of help with get things in and get it all set up you never sort of needed to take time and be like guys I actually can't do this right now you were always so happy to get stuck in so like as much as you might have been feeling it you could never really tell yeah we know we were all tired you know what I mean because it's like a lot and uh do you know I thought we were such a good team on that tour it was great everyone was really hard working so it was really easy like I didn't end up doing another tour with that company after that because I just ended up doing other things but I don't know how it was like on previous tours that you guys have done but we were really lucky with who we were working with yeah. and everyone really like helps out as much as possible so I feel like I didn't want to be that person who was like well I'm really tired today do you know what I mean because you've got to do your bit as much as possible with everyone else's like graphs and mm. you've got to do it too but to be honest I don't really remember being that tired on that tour because I think the adrenaline of just doing something that you really enjoyed kind of pushes past that do you know what I mean because yeah. you don't really get tired so no I never really felt that tired I mean <laughs> you don't know what you should say this on the podcast for like ladies out there so I think the only time you ever feel absolutely knackered is on that week of that time of the month and I was like I'm just absolutely yeah. exhausted this week do you know what I mean yeah, but apart yeah, from yeah. that not really. <laughs> I was all right. No, excellent. And you're so right as well. The people who you have in your group makes or break your tour. If you've got a bad set of people, you're going to have a really bad tour. But if you have great people like Emma and yourself, then it's just a barrel of laughs. It's, yeah. not, even, it's not even work. 
you wake up, you go around. I mean, it's, it's, about. it's work. It's, it's work. hard, but no, it's good. <laughs> oh, no, it's so fun. And, you know, um, I hadn't really at that point, Kyle's was on that tour. I hadn't really been around the country that much. And you actually end up living in the absolute middle of nowhere yeah, when you get based. Sticks. But <laughs> I'm like, yeah, like looking back and I've kept all my stickers and stuff from that tour. Like when we had to have our logins to the schools and put <laughs> uh, theatres. But I remember like being like, I've actually been to like Liverpool and been to like Birmingham. Like there were so many places that you were at and I hadn't ever been to before. So it was quite exciting. Yeah, um, experience. And it really fun. Country. Yeah, really good. So I really enjoyed it. But yeah, the people definitely make it. We had quite a, it was so funny. We had such a laugh. So it was good. We did. Good, good times. <laughs> let's, let's chat a little bit about modeling because you're also a model as well as an actor aren't you yeah what, what have you found sort of being plant-based and being a model has that has there been any sort of challenges there or has it all been okay never had a problem with that ever actually and I actually think there's so many people that right now who are growing vegetarian and veganism that I've actually noticed when I do modeling jobs there's so many plant-based people I don't know mm-hmm. if that's uh, because they're trying to keep their bodies in such high steam shape but Everyone who I work with who have done modeling have normally been plant-based, so I've never had an issue with that at all, particularly on sets or things. So no, that's been good. Yeah, I do modeling as well. I really enjoy that. It's fun. It's a totally different thing to acting things. Normally on sets for acting or, you know, musical theatre stuff, you're there all day. But for modeling, you're really only there for a few hours, depending right. on what you're doing. So they don't really need to care for you that much. And depending on the kind of budget they've got or if I'm doing hair modeling and things, sometimes you just bring your own clothes or like snacks. Mm. So it's not really been a big deal for that either. But I think being plant-based for that has helped. It's particularly with my skin. I've never really had a problem with my skin that much anyway. But for stuff that's modeling-based, you have to have really good skin and be really cautious of how much water you're taking and things to keep fresh because mm-hmm. you don't want to look bedraggled. <laughs> so, <laughs> like me, um, you don't want to look like <laughs> No, no, don't be daft. But no, it's, you've got to like look really fresh as much as possible and your diet is so important for that. So I think they're in the modeling industry, a lot of people do tend to be plant-based anyway to try and take in as much vitamins as possible. So I've never had a problem with that in that side of things at all. That's good. And what about makeup? And well, I'm guessing clothes, you, you wouldn't do fur and leather and things like that, but do you have a, a sale no. of makeup? You always get a sale of your makeup. So normally when you do modeling jobs, they ask you, well, they first of all ask you if you're allergic to anything. But the makeup artists that you normally have on sets have like a variety of different choices for you as well. So you can pick what you want and they do normally cater to that. But then again, a lot of the makeup artists and things that I've worked with have been vegan and vegetarian too. I think it's really up and coming now. I don't know what it would have been like before 2018 when I first became plant-based but I've noticed it being quite easy like I've never really had an issue with it at all with regards to the clothing and things nah again like there's flavors like always an option I've never had to wear fur for anything so far so I don't know like how that was going down I don't know if you were in a period of drama how I would deal about that actually because it's quite questionable because if you're wearing authentic clothes from the time it's all their stuff was made from animals like things mm-hmm, because yeah. They didn't have the facilities then. So would you then, for a character, would you wear it? I don't know. I've never had to do that yet. Because you're trying to be as authentic to a character as possible, but also you're like trying to fight something that you don't really want to be a part of. I think it all depends on the project. So for me, I wouldn't do an advert for like McDonald's or KFC or anything like that. Unless it was the vegan option, I wouldn't do that. That's a no. Do you think that you would get the choice for that now? Do you think yeah. so? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. My, my agent has said, what do you and what do you not want to do? And I said, well, I'm vegan. I don't want to do that. It's my career. I can say no. 
Mm. Like mm-hmm. I've, I've got all the power there. If it was a modern day project, say like a, a serial drama or something newly written, then I would again make that known to my agent and to whoever's casting that I'm vegan. I don't want to wear or eat anything animal based. If it was something mm-hmm. like Downton Abbey or Bridgerton now, because that's been renewed for a second season, I think it's going for eight seasons and it is authentic to that period, then I would probably say it's not me, it's the character. And yeah. the clothes are already made. It's not like a fresh animal is dying or anything like that. It's If it's authentic, then it's, it's already there. So the character has made that choice rather than me, if that makes any sense. Mm. Yeah, that's what I would probably be doing the same. And actually, I've had a friend of mine who's done a McDonald's advert. They are not plant-based, but I do know that when they did the advert, they did get asked if you want to eat like a meat-based or a, a veg-based based products in the advert because it didn't matter they weren't like advertising a certain thing so i do think they are more accepting of that now yeah i don't know what it would have been like before and to actually have to put up that fight oh my it would have been so difficult back before things have really started to kind of take a step forwards to have to argue that would be would have been really interesting yeah. like I'm, i watched a few vegan and vegetarian podcasts and programs that are on netflix and there's like a woman i can't remember which one it was specifically on but there was a woman getting interviewed and she'd been a vegan since like 1980 something mm. and i was like she must have been one of the only people who was doing it at that time and i, I was like how did she get through things like she must have really had to push <laughs> like if she didn't do what she was doing then and really push through with her opinions then like maybe like um, it would have been really hard for what we're doing yeah exactly so you know good for her but yeah I've never really had a problem with it and my agent was really good too in fact it wasn't even really like a big discussion it was like have you got like dietary requirements and I was like oh yeah I'd rather be like plant-based and things on set and he was like yeah yeah cool whatever yeah, wrote it down it. nothing at all so totally easy on that side of things I don't know what it was like for you guys when you told your agent my agent was cool absolutely cool she's like yeah. I've got another one of you lot on my books. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a lot of you who are plant-based on your agent's books? I'm actually not 100% sure about mine, but I'd, I'd, on my modeling books, I think a lot of them are plant-based. Like, mm. I would say like 60% yeah. are plant-based on my, from my modeling agency. And so it's definitely going in the right direction. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's the reason why we set up this podcast anyway, so that I can have... I work for a website that brings on people of the industry to talk to actors. So we have casting directors, directors, writers, and all those kind of people on. And the community get a chance to ask these people questions that will help them in their career. And everyone mentions it's harder for women in the industry. It's harder for people over a certain age in the industry. It's harder for Black ethnic uh, minorities in the industry. It's harder for disabled people in the industry. And I get all that. And I I totally support and sympathise and I will do anything to to make that easier for those kind of people. But no one has ever mentioned what it's like for a vegan. Now, I'm not saying that we have it hard for any way, shape or form. If anything, it's our choice. But I would, I've always wanted to know, like, what is it like for a vegan going on set with a load of meat eaters? <laughs> What's it like catering? Can Do I have a say in that? Am I being pushy in my views? Would I not get a job because I wanted to not kill a cow? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so th- this is why I've set this up. Well, we've set this up so that we can ask other people like how they found their journey mm. in, in the industry. Yeah, definitely. I think, do you know, the first time I was ever on a set where, well, one of the first times when I was on a set when I was vegetarian, I was, I, I was actually thinking, I wonder if I'm going to not get a lot of choice today for 
food and stuff and I'm going to be starving I remember I packed like a massive bag of stuff because I was like I was just sorry myself because I don't want to be awkward and it's not terrible because why should it be a problem if people have got like gluten intolerances or things or just with choice or if you've got a certain religion where you don't want to eat something mm-hmm. that should really be kind of catered for I think because yeah. you're your own business really when you're doing acting and stuff and it should all be there for you but one of the first sets I was on was actually when I was doing some extra work on the film Brexit it's mm-hmm. on Netflix. Is that with Benedict Cumberbatch? Um, yes, who is um, plant-based. Did you see it? Yeah. yeah. Well, when you go to some bits, I am in the background of those shots, Lee. <laughs> but yeah, no, really good. And I remember nearly the whole buffet was vegetarian and plant-based because he'd said that he didn't want to work on the set unless there yes, was plant-based Benedict. options for everybody. Yeah. He that. is so nice, by the way, in real life as well. I remember him. Um, it was like an office scene and uh, he was like really nice going around everybody and it was because of the Brexit time and he was actually just genuinely interested in the topic mm-hmm. and asking everybody about their views and stuff and he was just so lovely he was going around and like asking everybody how they got thought about the politics at the time and how they were getting on with their day and like and he was actually genuinely interested in the, the plant-based side of stuff too because he didn't want anyone to feel like there wasn't any options for them so he was just lovely I really like him as a oh, person. We'll, we'll need to get him on the podcast so so Kaylee's got you his have to now. get him on I have to get his number get Dr. Yeah, Strange me, on me and Cumberbatch are like Bezzy's YN on MSN and our usernames nah I'm joking <laughs> uh, nah, he's, he's really nice but I think it does help when there's people like that who are really renowned and they are really pushing for it and like mm. it's it's good because it makes you feel better that you know hopefully that's me one day on a set but guys I think I'd even go a step further though like I quite like a lot to do with like the planet and stuff as well with like yeah. recycling um, and I think I'd like to on a set where it was kind of pushing more forward on that side of things too like all to do with the environment yes. I know people like Leonardo DiCaprio and stuff do that so yeah just really inspiring when you've got people who have got a platform and they're really pushing for it because it like people like or her us are like trying to get like even further forward in the industry it's really important for us yeah Definitely. I'm glad that you brought up that credit of uh, Brexit, the uncivil war, because I did want to ask you about a couple more of your credits. You was young, okay. <laughs> young Grace Smith in Shooting Clerks. Now, Clerks yeah. is a indie film back in the uh-huh. 90s by my hero, who I've mentioned several times on this podcast, fellow vegan, Kevin Smith. Yes. What was Shooting Clerks like? Because I, I know that Kevin Smith even did a cameo on that. Did you get to meet him? I did not get to meet him because there was a couple of premieres, I think, when they went over to the US and everyone who took part in the project was invited if they wanted. They just didn't have the budget at the time to pay for everybody to go. So it was kind of your own choice. Mm. But at the time, I think I was doing something else because I couldn't go. But yeah, that was really weird how I got involved with that, to be honest, because I hadn't seen Clerks before at all. I had no idea what it was. That sounds really bad, doesn't it? Oh, you know, I had to watch it before I did the film because I told my dad, I was like, oh, I've been asked what I cast in for shooting Clerks. And he was like, oh, is that to do with like the the, the Clerks Bible of Kevin Smith? And I was like, yeah, why was it? And he was like, oh, Kaylee, honestly, what have I told you? <laughs> and I was like, I had to watch it. I had to find it on like Amazon Prime or something because it wasn't on anything else. And I was like, right, got you. And it's like so <laughs> well known. And then I looked at Kevin Smith who, honestly, how much weight has he lost? In, like so he's like changed his whole life from going plant-based. Yeah, that, see, yeah, that's what is. I mean. Like 
when people are like overweight and stuff or like having like health issues and dietary problems like I just think it's just the best thing for you to do is just go plant-based and see how you get on with it because I just think you do a body just should get such a refresh from it and um, here's the thing but yeah he's not eating particularly healthy plant-based stuff he's still having yeah. a lot of junk food it's just a healthier junk food <laughs> Do you not think that people think that they're plant-based, yes. right? There's so many jokes, like it's hilarious. And people are like, oh, vegans, and they just they eat like rabbits and stuff. And like, it must be just such a boring diet. And they're just dull people. Like, there's so many alternatives now, like for takeaway food or like all the fatty foods. I think people, I remember there was like a listing online and it was like fatty foods that are actually vegan, but you don't know they're vegan because they're not labeled. And there's stuff like pot noodles and things that are vegan. Like one of them isn't there. And there's certain like sweets and um even like you can get like vegan chocolate like you don't have to be eating like particularly healthy to stay plant-based i mean you should try and be as healthy as possible but you know there is that option there yeah um, and i think that's what, what's like conceived as like a, a thing is that you're trying to be this like better than me person by eating like rabbit food and it's just so not true <laughs> <laughs> but yeah shooting clout was great i fell into it because one of my friends actually found a casting who's actually a writer hey uh, who's actually friends with silly who we did our pantomime tour with emma and then silly was involved with it as well me, yeah yeah he has like a leading part in it um, and that's how i kind of fell into it because they were filming in scotland at the time and i had to go to their house actually it was so low budget to get like their film and stuff done but yeah look really good experience in a really nice company old wiki production so keep in touch with them as well they actually might be doing a film coming up actually i was talking to the guy who like directed it recently and he's going to maybe be doing like this like van press like female film coming up this year but i think that's all kind of fallen through with the covid but i was uh, like as soon as that comes up i will be in it <laughs> 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 tell me when the cast is yeah so it's good to keep contacts like that isn't it but oh, no it, we did really well shooting clerks it was a good little hit from me on imbd so cool all good and, and another <laughs> little hit for you on imdb is uh batman seeds of fear yeah i really randomly got into that as well i think i went for a, i looked at a cast and it was on star now and i don't really use that that often i just kind of use spotlight really but then i just thought oh, i'll go for it because it's like a voiceover thing and i hadn't really done a lot of voiceover work before for cartoons and things it was really local the guy's company is based in newcastle so it was only along the road so i thought oh, i'll go for it that was really interesting and that was fun but that's still in production. It's not out properly yet. But that, that was a new experience. I hadn't done voiceover work before. So that was completely different for me. And I had to be American as well. And my <laughs> accent, I had to practice so much for that because my accent stuff is, that's something that I always, I don't know how everyone else feels, but like that's my thing. Like it's my downfall. I'm not naturally good at that. Like, and yeah. I have to really work it. But yeah, that was really good as well. So it was good. It was all good fun, really. And that was only like another, that was only for like two days. I ended up doing the voiceover stuff for that. So like, it's good that those kind of works, you can get the experience, then move on to something else quite quickly. So now that was good fun. And is that something that you want to go into more, like voiceover and animation work? Yeah, I'd be quite open to it. I like being exposed to anything. Such a good experience, isn't it? Voiceover stuff so much fun. I think it'd be really fun to do something that was like dreaming in the future to do like a Disney production would be great, wouldn't it? It'd be yes. amazing. I mean, you've There's already not... played Belle, haven't you? So it's fine. I, that's it. I know it's totally fine so I'm just gonna um, take that credit and push that forward in my career now being Belle was cool actually that was like one of my dream things to do was be Belle and Beauty and the Beast when I did get cast as that I was so surprised because I was like this is great there's certain things that you you have in your head but you're like I don't know if I'll get that but I really do want to do it at some point and that was one of mine just a, a disclaimer for anybody listening that that's the show that me and Kaylee were doing when we met. She was 
beautiful bell and I play a big fat teapot. <laughs> Wasn't the costumes so cool though? The costumes were great. I love yeah. them. And I was also then, some random dog as well. Do you remember scampers. the dog? <laughs> oh yeah, the random scampy dog. Yeah, that's the thing about doing these productions that's so good because you got to play a couple of different parts Like you weren't just the one part. Like having that was so much fun. That was cool, wasn't it? So good. So, so much fun. But yeah, definitely would like to go more into the voiceover work. But I'd like to do like a few more short films and things too just to get under my portfolio but we'll see how this pandemic goes because it's going to be it's not really good though for dramas and things on television they've started to do a lot more socially distancing and you can get away with it on the camera can't you because it's just yeah. two different camera angles where like I was actually watching The Hobbit last week because I love The Hobbit and we do I was kind of reading into it because the camera angles that they use they use a lot of the camera angles to try and emphasize how short the guys were like they didn't yeah. really use a lot of try to use like not a lot of CGI yeah and I just thought you know it's so clever what you could do with cameras so I think the film industry and television, I think we should be all right during this. We just have to kind of be extra careful. But it is really good that they are trying to do that. Theatre and things will be a bit different. But we'll just see how it goes. I'm, I'm really open to anything, to be honest. And if I think something's good or sounds like a good script, storyline, then I'll, I'll get involved. Amazing. She's not fussy at all, is she? She's not fussy. No. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I don't think I'd want to be, I don't think I'd want to be like nudes, like do something. I don't know. Actually, do you know, I love Bridgerton. I've actually binge watched that during lockdown over like the period of days. And I just think, have you watched it? Or? Yeah, I've, I've not seen it. seen it, no. Oh my God, I absolutely love it. Um, I can see why it's getting like the highest ratings and things. It's so good. It's so clever. They've used like modern day music to take it into a period drama and the storyline and the guys are all so fit. And like, they <laughs> James, the whole thing is brilliant. Maybe but I just I think when I was watch watching it, it is amazing. And I would say, I just think it's such a good idea. So they've done it so well, and it's you know it's said that it's going to continue on based on the books that the original script is set on. Yeah. But I just when I was watching it, I was thinking, I don't know if it, like they were having sex all the time and I was like imagine preparing for that role like they must have been in the cast reading thinking every page they were like had no lines they must have just been like oh this is another physical scene for me and yeah but oh now nah, brilliant but yeah no pretty much open to anything it's, if it's something uh even if it's a challenging thing you know it's good to keep yourself challenged that like, you don't want to be doing the same parts all the time yeah um, you're right try and keep exposed to everything 100% Kaylee shall we do some quick fire questions Yes, why not? Let's go for it. I, so I don't got, know what you're going to ask me. Oh, that's, that's the beauty of it. You've got 60 seconds. You say the first thing that comes into the top of your head. No okay. Thinking. Are you ready? <laughs> right, okay. yes. Three. Think so. Two. One. Go. Favourite vegan meal? Tofu and curry, probably. Pineapple on a pizza, yes or no? Yeah. Why not? Marvel or DC? <laughs> Marvel. <laughs> What's your favourite play slash musical? Oh, quite like six just now. Mm-hmm. I'll go with that. It's quick fire. I like Hamilton <laughs> though too. That's so hard. <laughs> Who inspires you? <laughs> At the moment, I think myself actually. I'll go with that. I'm doing. Nice. You know, what? I think I think you should be more in, like going through this lockdown and things um, it's been really hard for everybody and you've got to keep pushing through so I can't we're, on myself the, we're on the clock Kaylee. we're on the clock oh sorry 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 acting or modelling <laughs> uh, acting what are you watching at the moment I was watching Bridgerton now I'm watching uh, oh, it's, it's called like Little Fires on it, in, on uh, Amazon Prime by Reese Witherspoon did it I think it's brilliant <laughs> biggest pet peeve 
<sighs> people who walk slow. And stop. <laughs> only 60 seconds. <laughs> I thought, yeah, maybe I was getting confused. Probably like 60 seconds per question. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go into like an inner dialogue discussion about this question. No, it's dead annoying though when people walk slow, like especially in this yes. time, like socially distancing. I'm like, come on, hurry up. I've got somewhere to go and you're walking so slow in front of me. <laughs> so annoying. Have you got anything coming up at the moment that you would like to plug? Nothing at the moment. I was really gutted about them couple of jobs that I had last week that was kind of going to pull through. But yeah, uh, all I would say is, you know, if anyone's listening to this and has had like an issue with like a health thing or like a health issue like mine, then, you know, if you want to get in touch and talk about it, then I'm pretty open to helping anybody at this time. Um, some people have definitely been aware for me. I've got an Instagram page and that's fine. It's privatised, but you can message me and it's Kaylee uh, Fair Game, the username. I've got TikTok now too, which I absolutely am obsessed with. Um, <laughs> me too. Happy to that, that. But yeah, um, I've got my Spotlight page and IMBD as well that I've passed over to Lee and Emma. So yeah, you can look at some of my stuff there and that would be cool if anyone's listening. Has any other cast and stuff coming up or anything at this year that they think I'd be good for, then I'm pretty open to stuff and travelling for things. Anything at all. And whilst we're in lockdown, go and find Shooting Clerks and give that a watch and give Kelly a a message. Tell her how great she is in that. (laughs) Yeah, have a a watch. Have a watch of that. And then if you want to watch the Brexit thing too, I'm not in that very much, but you can see me. It's so funny on like some bits in the backgrounds. And that was really fun to be a part of as well. And uh, I was also part of Tommy's Honour, which is on Amazon Prime. And it was filmed in Scotland. It's a golf film. I've got a couple of like small bits in that. Another great thing to watch as well. But, Amazing. You know, hopefully we've got more to come. Absolutely. Now, usually we would ask, the very last question is, if our listeners were to take one thing away from our chat, what would you want it to be? Is it sort of what you just said about if someone's got an illness and they want to reach out to you, would that be what you want people to take away? Or is there anything else that you want people to take away from this chat today? That's one of probably the main things I've kind of really been speaking about coincidentally. But like if anyone's wanting to ask anything about acting stuff or modern things, I've been in the industry now since what, 2014. So there's some experience there with like agencies and things and anyone Scottish listening as well. I've got some contacts with maybe like classes and things or advice of places to go to because... You know, I think people can always focus on it being like a London-based thing, but there is like plenty to do up here as well or in, in Newcastle where I'm based right now. So, you know, just get in touch if you have any questions about anything at all or um, any modelling advice or stuff. Great. Fantastic. Kaylee. thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, no problem. It's been so fun. Such a good idea. And I hope the rest of your podcast series goes really well. And thanks for asking me to come on. Thank you. So what a marathon that was, eh? Yeah, bless her. She doesn't stop talking. (laughs) But she's so lovely, so friendly, so warm. Positive. And the fact that she's overcome her illness and and the it's not even just the part of her life where she was ill it's the worry that she might get ill again I think that's probably even worse so the fact that she overcomes that every day of her life I think has been amazing and she's been having to shield for quite a while because of her her previous illness so I think she's probably really looking forward to getting outside i mean it really does put everything into perspective though doesn't it like i know i was complaining that i had no auditions or anything this year i don't say that anymore (laughs) but at the end of the day at least i've got my health and i don't have to worry about that side of things because i mean what's more important at the end of the day me being me you and our families being healthy happy and not homeless or an acting job. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, exactly. So if anybody out there is, you know, having a similar 
a similar issue or has also had to overcome certain, some sort of illness, we'll pop Kaylee's um, social medias and stuff down there and you can send her a message and chat to her about it if you need any advice. I mean, how great is it that she did a Kevin Smith biopic, by the yeah, way? Yeah, so I mean, cool. How small is this industry? Like, the guest that we really, really want on is Kevin Smith. And there she is in a film about his life filming the first film he ever did. Yeah. Now, I want to apologise. I went out after recording this interview and I tried and searched everywhere for shooting clerks. Now, I got in touch with the director because I really wanted to review it for Kaylee on this podcast. And the director got back to me and said, look, it's not 100% in the bag yet, Mm. uh, but he's taken my details down and he's going to let me know when it's released on DVD and VHS, VHS. But that's what Kevin Smith released Clerks on, so that's that's why he's Oh, they are, releasing, they it are releasing it on VHS. I thought you yeah. just said it as a... No. <laughs> that's why I had to like clarify that. She looked at me like, I gave VHS? You, I gave you a really strange look there. <laughs> no, he's releasing it on VHS because that's how Clerks was originally released. Um, okay. And I've been keeping in touch with the uh, social media on shooting Clerks. And I was, as of 4.20 of all the days, it's been picture-locked. So we're expecting that as soon as possible now. Awesome. So once we've watched that, we will let you know and tell you where you can get it so you can watch Kaylee and all the other amazing cast members in that. Um, I liked how it's been a bit of a theme with everybody, really, but particularly what Kaylee was saying about her modelling jobs, that they've just found no problems being plant-based. Like Kaylee was saying that, a lot of the models and makeup artists and everything that she meets are plant-based or have cruelty-free makeup options. Like, I love that. It's amazing, isn't it? It kind of settles my nerves going into the industry. If I just say, look, if I just say, look, I'm vegan, um, can you care for me? I know that I'm not a burden and that it's, it's just a way of life for so many people now. Yeah, and it's not even more of a can you cater for me, it's I'm a vegan you will need to cater for me. <laughs> well, laws have been passed. Um, a friend of mine on the Act on This community has sent me through a few articles, which I still need to read. I'm sorry, Lee. Uh, and it's all about how like, employers have to cater for mm-hmm. veganism the way that they would have to cater for any religion, allergies. any sex, any allergies, just anything, really. Yeah, so, so it's been yeah, it's been good to know that most people haven't had many problems with it. So... Yeah, I hope that puts everyone else's mind at rest as well for when the time comes that they're going back out to work. No, exactly. And don't be afraid to speak up because the more vegans or plant-based people out there making noise, the more change is going to happen. Don't be ashamed. Don't hide behind it. Yes, people might view you differently or some people might judge you differently the way that they would judge anybody else differently. Just stand true to yourself, fight the good fight and let's make a difference in this world. Absolutely. So before we log off, Emma, I'm going to throw you a quick Amelia Rose reviews. Falcon and Winter Soldier, what do you think? Now that it's done. Um... 99 out of 10. Um, (laughs) I absolutely loved it. Spoiler warning for anyone who's not finished it. Skip forward now if you don't want to know. The only thing I was disappointed in, genuinely the only thing, was 
when they made Sharon Carter the power broker. But we have our own theories on we that. We have going a theory. Forward. We have a theory. But um, to say I was excited when Sam showed up in the Captain America suit was an understatement. I had a full on nerdgasm. Like I screamed, like full on scream oh my god he looked incredible he did not stutter when he said i'm captain america and i'm all for it and for any actors out there who just want to know how to nail a monologue watch his monologue that he's giving to the senators yeah oh my god incredible what a performance i thought the whole thing was absolutely amazing and marvel can do no wrong and also quickly we've just had the oscars there's been a bit of uproar that uh, Anthony Hopkins won the Oscar over Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, I heard. I heard about that. Um, listen, I I haven't seen the film that Anthony Hopkins has won it for. I don't even no, know I've what not. the film is. Chadwick Boseman was and will live on in his films as a fantastic actor. Anthony Hopkins is a fantastic actor. Mm. So I don't feel like I really can have an opinion on who should have won. No, that's fair. I've not seen the films either. And when I saw the news, I'm not going to lie, part of me went to, well, the best actor should win it regardless of whether it's uh, posthumous or not. Yeah. And then another part of my brain went to, but Anthony Hopkins has got so many more chances now to win an Oscar, yeah. whereas Chadwick Boseman hasn't. True. It would have been nice for his family. It would have been nice for his family. I think until we watch the films, we don't really have a say on that. Yeah. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's a hard one because I think a lot of people expected Chadwick to win it. Yeah. Um, but that's not taken away from Anthony because he's, he's a legend really, isn't he? He's brilliant. His portrayal of Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs while the whole trilogy was phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. And on that note, I think that's this episode done. Seems to be done for me. (laughs) (laughs) Done and dusted. (laughs) Stay tuned to the YouTube channel. We do have something in the pipeline coming out. It's a vlog of when Emma and I went to the vegan fair in Manchester, our Mm -hmm. first ever one. We didn't know what to expect. And this is the first time I've vlogged in front of the camera rather than behind the camera. So, yeah, it's just, I don't really know what to make of it at the moment. I hope you all enjoy it when it does come out. And if you haven't already, please go over and watch our reaction to Seaspiracy. Let us know what you thought. Let us know if you want some more because we do have other documentaries lined up, ready to go. We also have a very exciting guest coming. Um, she is someone that I I was fangirling a little bit. So if you do want to find out who that is, make sure you follow us on our Instagram and Twitter, because we'll be announcing it on there. Um, and we are at PB Performers Pod on there. So that's episode 15 in the bag. Thank you so much for listening. Please, if you're listening on Apple, go give us a like, give us a five-star review. It just helps us get the message out there to more people. I think there's a way you can do it on Spotify. I'm not too sure. But just tell all your friends, tell your family, tell your dog, everyone to listen to it. So from me, Lee Petcher. Me, Amelia Rose. And Oreo, who is now running around his cage. That has been the Plant-Based Performance Podcast, putting veganism back in the spotlight. Thanks for joining. We had a blast on the Plant-Based Performance Podcast.